And now, a Blaze Media podcast. Welcome to it, Fat Pile Friday. Yes, and it is chewing the fat. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride today. Listen, uh, you should feel safer already and feel more at home and relaxed. Uh, Not only are we taking statues down in the Virginias and the Carolinas, and we've also taken some of those god-awful Robert E. Lee statues down all over the country, including here in Dallas, by the way. We've taken down another statue. Uh, We told you yesterday about them taking down uh, Rizzo in Philadelphia. Well, yesterday they took down uh, the Texas Ranger statue at Love Field. Yes, they took them down in an abundance of caution over concerns about racist history. Now, sure, the Texas Ranger has been at Dallas Love Field for many, many years. Uh, you know, like since the 60s. And so much is, so much of hate has happened because of the Texas Ranger Jay Banks with the caption, One Riot, One Ranger who has welcomed travelers at Dallas Love Field forever. Well, I mean, not forever, since the 60s. Um, But because in 1957, he was involved in a horrific act, and I actually mean that, to keep black children out of white schools. Now, he was following orders, but he was the face of the resistance to integration in 1957 so everyone else has evolved and changed why wouldn't we give him the benefit of the doubt if he were alive to have evolved and changed but thankfully we've got the statue down so we cannot be reminded of history or anything like it again little bit more on the Texas Ranger statue because uh, I find it fascinating that the reason that this has come to light and we now need to take the statue down is because of a book that's going to be released next week called Cult of Glory, the bold and brutal history of the Texas Rangers. Now, the author Doug Swanson has you know said that hey it reveals sometimes racist past of the law enforcement agency uh including but not limited to episodes of police brutality and racism against blacks and mexicans in texas which i would say probably true in every police department uh if not even in texas but around the country okay uh this was just doing a you know a history lesson on the texas rangers but uh he wasn't you know, consulted, and they just said, oh, that's uh, horrible. Um, We have to take it down. But the grassroots activist group, and it's the grassroots Dallas activist group, Mothers Against Police Brutality welcomes the removal. I think it should never have been up in the first place. It's a day late, but I'm grateful that it's coming down. Okay. I mean, it was put up in 1963, you know, before they had to have uh, world iconic views of uh, statues. They would just put statues up, right? 
and the grassroots activist mothers against police, police brutality uh, believes that Dallas also still has 30% of the streets in the city named after Confederate soldiers and Confederate generals. So we have a lot of work to do in this city. Oh, okay. Well, we'll just put it in storage then and we'll forget about the history altogether, okay? There's some more recent history. I mean, uh, people are finding things all over. Uh, people are finding things everywhere. And how do we know about them finding it? Well, sometimes it's uh, a crime, so we hear about it from the police blotter. Other times it's someone who, you know, finds something and decides to turn it in. The police department in this case said, I thank and congratulate the person who alerted us to this. Uh, had he not been an honest individual, uh, could have ended up in the wrong hands. Okay. So a Texas man buys a car at an auction. No problem. Nice car. Uh, he was, you know, working on his new car that he got at the auction and poking around and realized, hey, that's a secret compartment in my vehicle. What is in that compartment? Is that cocaine? Is that 74 pounds of cocaine? <laughs> I should probably call the sheriff's department. And he showed them uh, the bundles. And, well, actually, he only found 17 bundles the first time. And then he realized, well, I should probably call the police because he got nervous. And so the police came and they brought the dogs, of course. And they found another 17 bundles stuffed in a second hidden compartment. So 34 bundles, estimated street value $850,000. And... As I said before, the police department thanked and congratulated him for alerting them to the drugs. It could have ended up in the wrong hands. Yes, it could have. Yes, it could have. And no one wants to have cocaine ending up in the wrong hand. Now, police found some more stuff in uh, down in the Keys. Joshua Moon driving through the Keys on a suspended license. He gets pulled over. And the cop says, hey... Is that pot I smell? And he says, yeah, I smoked a little bit of pot, uh, you know, before you pulled me over. And, uh, huh, you, do you have a doctor's note or anything for the, the marijuana? No, no, I don't have a doctor's note. Uh, but you got a suspended license, so why don't you get out? We're going to go ahead and search the car. This uh, 20 grams of marijuana uh, and the, uh, this, this other bag of hallucinogens and the drug equipment. Is that yours too? Yeah. Yeah, it's mine. Look, it was just for recreational uh, narcotic use. So, should be fine, right? Look, it was, look, I had the stuff in my car for New Year's and it was, a, it was still in there. I hadn't been using it. I just, you know, it was just for fun. Sorry. Yeah, no, he, uh, they arrested him. Now they let the girlfriend and the daughter go which was nice of him. And, uh, you know, I thought it was very nice of him. He's still, he's out on bail now. He, uh, he's just driving around on a suspended license and now he's in more trouble with his, uh, with his drugs and the paraphernalia, the hallucinogens. They were all for New Year's Eve party. So don't even worry about it, okay? Down in New Mexico, 
they're finding they found more stuff in a cave, a virgin cave at Carlsbad Caverns National Park in New Mexico. They believe that they found this uh, this pool, which they're calling a they, they went into a virgin cave passage. Now they believe that this completely pristine body of water uh, has evolved entirely without human presence. Kind of cool, right? It's been isolated for hundreds of thousands of years and has never seen the light of day. I'd like to believe that. But, I mean, I think maybe somebody might have seen I mean, it's 700 feet below the entrance of this uh, this one cave. And it's in the back country of Carlsbad Caverns. Now, the park only covers 46,766 acres. So, I guess according to this, it was discovered back in 1993, but they didn't enter it until enter it until last October. So, it's one of the 10 longest caves in the world. Okay, uh, congratulations. Um, I don't know, you know, I, 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 you know, good, good. Good. We're still finding things that humans haven't touched and ruined, right? Now, we did have an Englishman find a huge horn that uh, was thousands of years old. He's digging in the mud, digging in the mud in England, him and his buddies. Along with his brother. And they're, you know, I guess, you know, almost like mud fishing, right? They're going through the, it's low tide and they're going along the riverbed looking for whatever they can find that's worth money. And they found this old animal's horn and it's an aurochs horn that has been extinct. They were, they haven't been roaming in England since the Bronze Age, about 5,000 years ago. And it's this huge horn, uh, three, four feet long, uh, probably about, uh, you know, three to five inches in circumference. Uh, it's this giant horn that used to be on these animals. And the, the auroch is kind of like, uh, you know, our domestic cattle, an ancestor of our domestic cattle. But, uh, I don't know how much that thing is worth though. Right. Think of that. Are they going to, they're going to want him to, you know, just donate it. It's such a, such an important piece that you should donate that to the, to the museum. Um, how about I donate it for some cash? It'd be kind of nice. And uh, we're finding stuff all over. We did find out that, uh, the protesters and I, use the word protesters in quotation marks. And for those of you watching and listening live on the uh, 5th of June, 2020, you see me using that. Uh, remember the New York post story. I don't know if we talked about it live on the air or not, but the New York post story that talked about the, uh, the Soho riot protest uprising where the Rolex store, uh, had been broken into or looted. And, uh, they, the story was swipe $2.4 million worth of watches. Yeah. Well, the Rolex, the Rolex store spokesman said, you know, really the store was empty. Uh, there weren't any watches in the store. So, uh, you know, windows were broken. 
and some of the uh, some of the counters were smashed, and the store was kind of you know broken up and, and destroyed a little bit. But uh, we kind of saw it coming that it might happen, so uh, we didn't uh, we didn't have any watches on the floor. So thanks for reporting that, though. Appreciate it. Wow, it's kind of strange that I mean normally you'd think that the not everyone thinks like me. I know, I know, but you'd think that maybe the Rolex store would go, yeah, you know what. 2.4 million worth of watches were on the floor. And, uh, wow. Look at the time. Get it? You know, it's a Rolex store. Look at the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, you, you know, you're laughing. You know, you are. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> One of the things you wouldn't be laughing about is this story about, uh, a lady who was escorted off a United Airlines flight by a police officer. Now, in the story, it says that she's an adult film actress. Okay, I don't know why that's important, but it's in the story. And you know, I'm sure that we've possibly seen Ellie Knox, 28, who was flying with United Airlines from Houston to San Francisco and then on her way back home to her home country of Australia, she uh, she claims that she was escorted off the flight because she made a short speech about the George Floyd protest. Uh, United says, no, uh, that's not why we escorted her off the plane. We escorted her off the plane because she stood up while the plane was still taxiing to the gate. And heaven forbid you do that. Um, so... She, uh, and they say upon landing, the police were called because she rose from her seat to make a brief statement, urging her fellow passengers to take action amid the ongoing protest. She said, this isn't my country. I'm Australian. That's where me, had I been on that flight, would have said, well, then why do we care what you think? But. I guess no one said that. They let her go on. And she said, but I've noticed your democracy being threatened. Again, had I been on that flight, I would have reminded her, not being from this country, that we are not a democracy. But I wasn't on the flight, and apparently no one said that, or it wasn't reported. Do not be complacent, she said. Decide what side of history you'd like to be on. Shut up and sit down. The seatbelt light's still on. I don't know that anyone said it, but after after she was off the plane, she shared her video on Twitter, and oh my gosh, you know, then you have the you have the mob on both sides um, deciding whether they like it or not. And she added the caption on her Twitter account: "They're deciding if I'll be allowed to take my next flight to Sydney." Well, she was. And, uh, she complained and begged and then she apologized and said, I'm sorry, you're right. I know, I know the flight attendants weren't even up yet. I just, you know what? I saw my chance to talk to 300 people and I took it. If I could be at a protest, you know, I'd be there with you, but I wanted to use my voice. I didn't want to be silent. And I thought, you know what? This is my chance. I've got 300 people on an airplane and I'm going to stand up and take my chance. 
why does not this happen when I'm on an airplane? I want little Ellie Knox to stand up when I'm on that airplane. Or someone that I know. Someone that I have faith in that would say, then why do I care? We're not a democracy. Sit down. Just to have some fun. It'd be fun taxiing and having that happen. But no. But no. Everybody sits nice on my planes. Everybody sits nice. Kind of sad. So Jeffrey Epstein back in the news. Um, Congratulations uh, are in order. And I wanted to give you, I wanted to admit something to you here uh, on Chewing the Fat today. And I, you know, I don't know that I've ever admitted this before. But I'll tell you the story first. The compensation fund for Jeffrey Epstein's victims has been approved with no limit on how much each can get from his $634 million estate. But they must give up their right to sue Jelaine, Ghislaine, Maxwell, or other co-conspirators. So, okay. Uh, So far, 70 women have indicated they want to take part in the compensation scheme and could get millions of dollars each. Um, they're going to put their claim on the, you know, $634 million estate. Maxwell wants some cash from that. She believes that she was promised cash from Jeffrey. Uh, so everybody wants their piece of the $634 million estate. Me personally, I mean, if they want to give me a piece of the $634 million, that's fine. I'm, I'm telling you what I'm going to tell you now out of just, I need to clear my, clear my conscience and get it off my chest. But, uh, Jeffrey Epstein looked at me funny once too. And I think I need to, I know, I know at one point I thought he was going to touch me and I haven't been able to, I've barely been able to live with myself since. So, you know, if I can be part of the victim's fund, I guess so be it. But, you know, I don't really want very much from the fund, but, you know, if I have to be there, that's fine. I'll, I'll be there. $634 million, that's going to go fast. 70 women plus Maxwell and whoever else is getting their cut. And the attorney's fees, that's, that's gone. Have a nice day. Goodbye. Wow. That's going to go fast. Did I mention that they have to give up their rights to sue any of the other co-conspirators? So you're going to take what you can get, but you're not going to be able to sue any of the others. In today's world, doesn't that just go away? I mean, do you have to abide by the things that you signed? Certainly you don't have to abide by your non-disclosure agreements, that's for sure. Uh, uh, Jeffrey Epstein's bodyguard, I told you Epstein was on the news, uh, his bodyguard and personal trainer, uh, lived on his property as well, traveled with him, said he was one of the people who was closest to Jeffrey for many years. Um, he didn't think Epstein uh, killed himself. Uh, there's no way. He uh, gave an interview uh, to New York Magazine, and he opened up about what he thinks happened in that cell. So if the, if the, if the bodyguard believes that he didn't kill himself, well, so be it then. So be it. I also, I teased earlier this week that I would go through the black book 
that uh, Anonymous released and uh, see if there were any names in there that that were worthy. And there is. So during the podcast, uh, if you're listening to this show right now and you're not a subscriber to the podcast and you're listening, say, on the Blaze Radio Network, um, you're not going to hear the names from Epstein's Black Book. You need to be a subscriber to Chewing the Fat. So pick a platform, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, subscribe to Chewing the Fat, and then you can be alerted when the shows uh, upload every day, and you'll be able to listen to the entire show of Chewing the Fat. You're fortunate enough to be able to listen to Chewing the Fat on Blaze Radio Network uh, you know, it's a, a little redacted version of Chewing the Fat. There's always more uh, on the podcast. So, uh, you know, you need to subscribe. Now, I want to thank you for listening to Blaze Radio Network, but, I mean, be a subscriber. Please. Let's go to the break room. I need a drink of Coke Zero. As long as we're in the break room, just a reminder to uh, follow me on social media. Uh, at Jeffy JFR on Twitter. Jeff Fisher Radio on Facebook and Instagram. And I say that going into a couple of stories that uh, are social media related in this segment uh, here in the break room that uh, kind of uh, disturbing a little bit. So we'll go, let's do a happy story. Powerball jackpot winning tickets sold in West Virginia. Congratulations. Ticket worth $136.4 million. Now this has $108 million cash option. That's not that big a change. 108 million from 136 million is usually a lot less than that. So congratulations if that's true. I feel like it's usually I feel like 136 million your cash payout was usually about 80, you know, 75, 80 million. But 108 million, it's not bad. But congratulations anyway. And uh, the winning ticket was sold at the GoMart over there on Stokes Drive in Hinton, West Virginia. So uh, that retailer is going to get $100,000 for selling the ticket. Congratulations. Congratulations. I'm I'm happy for you. Now, the next winning lottery numbers will be drawn coming up tomorrow. As a matter of fact, if you're listening live on the 5th of June, 2020, and that's only going to be worth $20 million. Do you play for $20 million? I don't know. I don't know. I do. Speaking of tomorrow... Uh, don't forget uh, tomorrow morning you know, your, or Saturday morning, June 6th. Uh, you're going to have a Sesame Street uh, on CNN with a town hall. And they're going to be addressing racism in a special town hall tomorrow morning. And boy, that is going to be, that's going to be good. That's, that's, well, like I said, this is good news. That's going to be good. More good news. Uh, I told you to watch out for Cristobal uh, coming. Told you to watch out, and Cristobal is on the way. Tropical Depression Cristobal. It's, uh, you know, moving into the Gulf of Mexico. It's been uh, doing all kinds of rain down there. I told you it's coming. It's probably going to make landfall Sunday night-ish. Sunday-ish. 
Louisiana, Texas. We may even, you know, so the southern states of the United States will be feeling Cristobal in the next few days as it uh, makes its way into the Gulf. So keep your eyes up and your head and anything else that you you need to you need to keep up. Okay, just make sure you do that because. You don't want the hurricane. It is hurricane season, regular season. You know that. Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, uh, as I told you, uh, has suspended uh, a video that uh, a George Floyd tribute video. Uh, President Trump's campaign uh, Twitter account uh, tweeted uh, the George Floyd tribute video and President Trump retweeted it along with Trump Jr., retweeting it uh those were uh those were taken away because of a copyright violation or even just a possible copyright violation um so twitter said it was affected by its copyright policy now look you can still see the video on youtube Eh, really yes because uh youtube has not taken it down so i'd be interested to know what the copyright violation is and if it was just reported on twitter that doesn't affect since if no one reported it on youtube then they don't have to take it down i guess and i'm not sure how that works but thanks for twitter for being on top of it because you cannot have that you can't have a tribute video especially posted by donald trump and his son on their twitter account huh I mean, I feel safer. I feel safer. I would say in today's world, it is, uh, you need to be careful what you're posting on social media. We talked about the, the law and order guy yesterday, getting the boot over posting his stuff on social media. Um, uh, we have the, uh, Grant Napier, longtime TV announcer for NBA Sacramento Kings fired from his talk radio job and resigned from the team's broadcast. That's being fired as well. After he tweeted and get this, and I, I don't, you know, this is something that is so horrific. If you, if the kids are around, well, you don't have to let them cover up there. I'm going to say it for the kids. Anyway, he tweeted all lives matter. Ha! <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, the, Bonneville International owner of the radio station that uh, fired Napier said in a statement the timing of Grant's tweet was particularly insensitive. <laughs> right? He just uh, he just he did it at the wrong time. So there's that. Uh, you know our Law and Order guy. It's incredible what Dick Wolf said uh, about uh, what's his name Craig Gore. He said that, uh, uh, I will not tolerate this conduct, especially during our hour of national grief. Oh, okay. All right, Dick. No problem. Good for you. Now, when, and according to AP, they tried to, you know, reach out to Craig and say, Hey, Craig, how you feeling about that? But, uh, his lawyer did not respond. So. He'll be getting some extra money from the Law and Order group. That can be uh, pretty much for sure. A Denver officer was fired for writing Let's Start a Riot as his caption to an Instagram picture of himself and two fellow officers smiling in riot gear. (laughs) That might not have been too smart. Uh, That might not have been too smart. Uh, 
So goes. He also posted on that same post, and this was that he deserves. Uh, you know, no, I don't want anybody to get fired. He should have been at least, you know, slapped on the hand. He uh, posted, "Black lives only matter to black people unless they're killed by a white person." Oh, all right. Well, he's without a job, and this is probably the most horrific person to lose a job uh, from posting something on social media. And they're all bad. Believe me, they are all bad. (laughs) Uh, They do not need to be on social media ever for the rest of their lives. Uh, A principal trombonist from the Austin Symphony Orchestra was let go after a string of Facebook comments, including one in which she said black protesters deserve what they get. Wow. Okay. I don't want to see that person playing a trombone in any symphony in America, maybe even the world, but for sure in America. I want the, I don't care if she's a vice principal. I don't care if she's just sitting third or fourth chair. I don't want to see her playing a trombone in any symphony anywhere. That cannot be. In entertainment news, uh, some people are uh, really upset over there at Quibi. The workers at uh, Quibi, they're getting laid off. I know. I know. Big surprise. And uh, I still have my 90-day free trial. Coming up to an end here pretty soon, though. So that 90 days has got to be coming up to an end. i got to check out when my 90 days is up because I don't think I'm going to re-up it. I really, uh, I really want to. They had some great shows, but their newer shows... And I really, I don't know, agonizing, but, uh, and you know, to top that off, uh, they're now, you know, doing a deal with LeBron James production company to do a show on, well, I said a show, it's a documentary on the Houston Astros sign stealing scandal. So that should be good, right? Right. Now, why are people at Quibi mad? Not because of the LeBron James production company deal to produce that show, which would be, it's going to be great. It's going to be, it's going to be great. Um, They are mad because uh, they're getting laid off. And Reese Witherspoon uh, got paid six million bucks to narrate the show Fierce Queens. You know, it makes a little bit of sense. You think, well, Reese, is she worth $6 million to narrate the show? I don't know. And the show is one of their... Uh, now we find out that the show is one of their least performing shows. Wow, it's one of their weakest performers. Wow. Uh, big surprise, though. Um, and this is just probably just a sign. It probably doesn't mean anything. But uh, her husband, Jim Toth... He's the head of content and acquisition and talent at Quibi. So, uh, you know, it's uh, you know coincidence that they would pay her $6 million to narrate a show. <laughs> I love the whole idea behind Quibi. And some of their shows were really fun to watch. But... You know, they launched it right at the beginning of the coronavirus, man. 
And they, you know, they launched it with people watching it in those in-between moments. That's the way they wanted it. And it just, there were no in-between moments, guys. And nobody was working. Everybody was home. And Jeffrey Katzenberg, uh, the head of Quibi, one of the founders, uh, said he attributes everything that's gone wrong to coronavirus. Everything, of course. Um, he said that, uh, you know, it, the coronavirus put a halt to those in-between times uh, right when the app was released. Yes, it did. And perhaps you should have adapted and overcame a little bit and did a couple of things like we talked about on this very podcast and on my YouTube channel, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher, that, uh, you know, you should change that up a little bit and you should have kind of adapted to the coronavirus times. But no, you didn't. So those of us that, you know, binged your shows, your 10-minute shows that, uh, you know, were an hour and a half or an hour each, sorry, that's the way it goes. Uh, there weren't any in-between times, so I just binged the shows. And you, I, I waited until you released them. You were releasing one a day, releasing an episode a day instead of maybe one a week, something like that to back some people off, you know, whatever. You did what you thought was, you know, the right thing to do for your app. But uh, it didn't work out so well. And maybe your employees would be less mad if you didn't pay, you know, reach six million from her husband, who's the head of talent and acquisition and production at Quibi. It's just a thought. And did you see, just a side note, uh, did you see where HBO uh, is starting a new show, Perry Mason? Now, I'm a fan of Perry Mason, have been forever. I love the Earl Stanley Gardner novels. I love the Perry Mason. I love... Raymond Burr, you know, I love the whole, the original Perry Mason. And then he went on to, you know, do the TV mini series shows that were great. So this Perry Mason on HBO is got a new twist to it, right? It's got John Lithgow. It's got, uh, uh, what's his name? You know, his stupid name is playing, uh, Perry Mason from the Americans. Matthew Rice, Matthew Rice playing Perry Mason. And he's a, uh, he's a private detective and it's in LA right after the depression or, you know, they're trying to get most of the country is still reeling from the depression and LA is booming. And according to their, uh, their description, a kidnapping gone very wrong leads to Mason exposing a fractured city as he uncovers the truth of the crime. I, am ready for it yes i am looking forward to it it looks really really good and that uh starts at the end of this month i believe yeah almost the end of the month june 21st which i believe is father's day and also june 21st as a side note is uh, the anniversary of the tornado hitting my house so there's that anniversary we're gonna have a party we are going to have a tornado party on Father's Day. That is for sure. Uh, coronavirus numbers quickly 6,767,376 
total coronavirus cases worldwide, 395,238 deaths. Ooh, it's close to that 400,000 death mark. That may happen over the weekend. Here in the United States, 1,933,527 total cases, 110,565 total deaths here in the United States of America. China inching way past that 83,000 mark at 83,027 with five new cases at the time of this recording. And the TSA checkpoint numbers, 391,882 through the turnstiles yesterday. I mean, we're doing stories about people on airplanes again. So maybe it feels like we've got the airlines coming back. But a year ago was 2,623,947 people through the turnstile. I mean, it may have been not all people. There may have been some, you know, support animals through there as well. But the number was 2,623,947. It seems like that's a lot more than 391,882. I am not a mathematician. Speaking of numbers, uh, we have... uh, 2.5 million jobs added in May that was reported today. That's incredible. Oh, man, I sounded like Donald Trump there for a second. Uh, Campbell's reported a 35% increase in U.S. soup sales over the past three months. Duh. Uh, You know, (laughs) soup demand was up 140%. Yeah, no kidding. Everyone has plenty of cans of soup in the pantry. That's for sure. There are some things that did fall, though. Like uh, Manhattan real estate contracts, they fell by 84%. Deals worth $4 million or more are down almost 90%. I would bet that that would be even, I would have bet more than that, but 90% is horrible. And we talked, uh, mentioned yesterday a little bit about uh, uh, delinquent accounts uh, coming to bear. Uh, The largest U.S. mall operator has sued the Gap for missed rent payments. Good luck with that. Good luck with getting that back. Know what I'm saying? The Simon Property Group, uh, they're saying Gap uh, owes them $66 million for unpaid rent during the pandemic. Ah, okay. Uh, Good luck getting that back. Good luck. And by that, I mean getting paid right now. Of course, the Gap wants to make their payment. They've got the contract and their deals, but nobody's making payments. They had to close. Your malls were closed, Simon Malls. And now you're going to be hold the line on rent coming due. Hold your tenants accountable. Okay. I mean, really. You're going to, you know, everybody was hurting. I'm surprised that they're being so uh, uh, intolerant is the word I'm thinking of. That's what, you know, Simon Group, you know what? You're just becoming, uh, you're Simon Property Group, you're intolerant of how hard retailers have had it during the pandemic. You should know because you've had it pretty hard yourself, haven't you? Yes, because your malls were closed. How could stores pay the rent? How did you eat? Hmm? Just a thought. Just, I'm just wondering, just wondering out loud, just wondering out loud there, Simon Group. I mean, uh, I love the gap, and you know, 
I mean, you can't get me out of an Old Navy or Banana Republic store, but, you know, you'll get your money. You'll get your money. Download and subscribe to more content at theblaze.com slash podcasts. Okay, so the black book from Jeffrey Epstein, uh, 91 pages in the black book. And I, I plowed through it. I plowed through it and I found uh, names that, you know, were names that you would, and I would recognize some, maybe not recognize, but you know, they're somebody in parentheses. And so I go through the 91 pages and there's probably about 74, 75 names that uh, are fascinating that are in the book. And hey, look, does it mean anything bad? No, I just find it interesting that they're in the black book of Jeffrey Epstein. And there's plenty of people in this list in the, in the book that I'm not sure who they are. There's plenty of names, last names that have multiple listings of different people from the family or, you know, that have the same last name. And I know that they were important to his life just because of the way they're listed. But does it mean anything to us? Eh, not really. But, I mean, I found Alec Baldwin in his black book. I saw Sir Anthony Banford. This year, all in alphabetical order, too. I went from, I followed the black book in alphabetical order. Alec Baldwin, Sir Anthony Banford and Lady C, Lord and Lady Beaumont, Tony Blair, Mike Bloomberg, Richard Branson, Jimmy and Jane Buffett, Naomi Campbell, John Cleese, and Alice Faye, Phil Collins and Orianne, Prince Perrier d'Ardenberg, Earl and Contess Derby, of course, Cass and Ted they go by, Janice Dickinson, Dr. Eli Wessel, Minnie Driver, Duchess of New of York, Duke of York, Ambassador and Lady Fairweather, Fire Y'all Princess, Steve and Seven Forbes, Chris, parentheses, Kip and Astrid Forbes, Mr. David and Lady Karina Frost, Lord and Lady Guilford, Isabel Goldsmith. I found her fascinating because I'm not sure who she is, but she's got a Beverly Hills and a London number and an office and an office in Mexico City. Something there. Steve Gottlieb, Barbara and Bert Guggenheim. We have the home, the home facts, Barbara home, Bert work, Bert New York home, Barb Beach house. So... Barbara Burke Guggenheim were reachable. Sabrina Guinness, Mr. Hugo Guinness, George Hamilton, Lord and Lady Hanson, the Honorable Robert Hanson, Bob Hefner III, Mr. Freddie Heineken, Dustin Hoffman, John and Mary Kay Huntsman, Liz Hurley, Anne Hurst, Robert J. Hurst, Lauren Halton, Michael Jackson, Mick Jagger, Haiti Jagger, Anne and Mick Jones, Andrew and Carrie Cuomo Kennedy, Ted Kennedy Jr., Bobby and Mary Kennedy, Ethel Kennedy, Joel Kennedy, Senator Edward Kennedy. I mean, it's just, and the names are going on. I'll give you all of them, I tell you, but I was just in love going through this black book. Dr. Henry Kissinger, David Koch, Courtney Love, Rupert Murdoch, Princess Firehall again. This was the, her London number. Earlier was the New York number. Joan and Melissa Rivers. Bob Pittman. 
Rob Rosenstein, Hannah Rothschild, uh, Edouard de Rothschild, Evelyn de Rothschild, Maria Shriver, Peter Soros, London, Peter Soros, New York, Blaine and Robert Trump, Ivana Trump, Ivanka Trump, Christy Turlington, Governor Charles Turnbull, Rupert Wainwright, Mike Wallace, Barbara Walters, Bob Weinstein, and of course he has just extensions for Jelaine Maxwell. Um, I, well, I told you the other day one of my favorites was the Four Seasons Hotel in New York where he has in the comments section uh, pork pies and pork sausages, which I found was uh, you know was kind of fascinating from this guy who was supposed to be Mr. Perfect, so he's eating pork pies and pork sausages. And then there were a few people that were uh, listed like this one, uh, Madame Limassour La Voltaire. Now, under her number section, there is an incredible amount of people. Uh, it starts with, uh, and they have extension numbers, 331, and it's Debbie slash Paris. Marie, Rosemary, Alexandria, Carolyn, Caroline, Deborah, Isabel. 336, in parentheses, better than Gypsy. 331, Bastion Foot Massage. Uh, 334, Deborah, Francis, Suzanne Contact, Corey and Ty Redacted Contact, Karen Redacted Contact, Deborah, uh, Latia, Magdalai, Francis, Donna, Donna, Yelena, Nadia, Deborah, Nadia, Sonia, speak little English, Tanya. Now, does it mean anything? I guess not. It's just fascinating to me that all these people are in his black book. And it couldn't mean anything. Now, I didn't find the Clintons were not in the black book. So, I mean, he must have had that on speed dial. Didn't need it in the black book. Maybe this is an old black book. Maybe this is just one of the black books that he had in, uh, you know, in a desk drawer. Maybe this is a Rolodex that he had in one of the desk drawers. I don't know. I just found it fascinating to go through and, and see the names that actually meant something that are in the news. There's plenty of names. As I said, that you go through that and you go, you, you know, just by the way they're listed and how they're represented, that they mean something. They absolutely mean something to him. But no way to know, right? Because he was found dead in his prison cell and is to believed to have committed suicide. Right? And I want to throw this out there to Jelaine uh, Maxwell, or Jelaine, Jelaine, whatever you're, you know, you can tell me how you want your name pronounced. Uh, if you're looking to tell your side of the story, I'm here for you at Chewing the Fat. Just email me, chewingthefat at theblaze.com. Same goes for Lori Laughlin. Uh, I know you, I know you pled guilty. I'm on your side. I believe that you were pushed into a corner from the federal power the man, and you had to, uh, you know, finally admit guilt. And so, yeah, I'm on your side. And yeah, I know that she just said that she would love to, re but reported that she would love to return to TV. And, you know, she wants to eventually tell her side of the story. I'm here for you, Lori. Chewing the fat. Just email me. Chewingthefatattheblaze.com. I'll send you my number. We can call. We can talk. We can work it out. Oh, how I would love to talk to you. And... Ms. Maxwell, uh, you too. 
you too can come on Chewing the Fat and tell your side of the story. I promise that I'm on your side. So just come on. Let's tell your side of the story. Let's let the world know exactly your views on what happened and how you both have been railroaded by the band. Okay? All right. Chewing the Fat at the Blaze.com. Oh, <laughs>